Chapter 4 The Crime Scene Lily! I heard my mom's voice from some echo chamber. I'm getting up! Stop shaking me for Pete's sake! You fainted! Mom announced as I picked my head off the kitchen table. I have to get to the Buccaneers, Mom. Can you help? You need to tell me who they are, and I can use the telephone chain from the mother's auxiliary to contact the mothers who will tell their kids. No, 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 Mom! I don't want every Tom, Dick, and Harry in on this. Everyone will be out there checking out the fire as it is. Evidence will be destroyed. Sorry, I'm not thinking straight. I'll call Winifrank and have him use our own secret messaging system. Which is? If I tell you, it won't be a secret system anymore. Mom glared. I looked at my shoes. Since my dad died in a boating accident two years ago, Mom has begun to lean on me, wanting to know every little detail of my life. My choices are telling her what she wants to know. Tell her I need to have some privacy or just lie. A mental picture of my guardian angel weeping in the corner, pointing a finger at me and calling me a liar, tries to lodge in my brain. I banish it. I have work to do. Mom, it's no big deal. It's just a way to get in touch on this very insulated island. I can't tell you without breaking trust with the other buccaneers. She nodded, looking resigned and rejected. Mom, she looked up. I love you, but everyone needs something of their own. She nodded again. Do you feel okay? She asked, getting back to business. I think so. She left me to do what I needed to do. The telephone sat on a small table in the hallway off the kitchen. I pulled out the even smaller chair Mom had restored from a dumpster diving expedition on Main Island. All the phones on Fred were on a party line, but you could call a person's number, and if no one else was on the line, the call would be private. We had a way of getting around that. Code, of course. I dialed Wingnut's number, waiting for the rotary dial to return before sticking my finger in the next number's round hole and rotating the dial again. There's gotta be a better way to do this. Anyone ever think of push buttons? Wingnut picked up and I heard three other clicks, a dead giveaway that others were listening in. Friend or foe, who knows? The weather in Bermuda is approaching gale force, Beaufort 9. We used the Beaufort scale to indicate what level of emergency we were facing. 9 is the ultimate emergency. Wingnut hung up and would then call the next number in our chain. Mom returned with clean clothes and a towel wrapped around her head. She was very pretty, even with the tired frown lines between her brow. I'm going to take a look at what's left of our shack. I grabbed a jacket, but Mom pulled me back. It'll be dark before you can get back. Wait until tomorrow. I don't like the situation one bit. I can't, Mom. What if someone comes in and destroys evidence? If the fire is arson, that's exactly what they'll do. I heard that arsonists are known to linger around their fire or visit the scene later. Where does she get this stuff? 
Mom muttered. She dropped my arm with a sigh. All right, but I'm going with you. Taking the towel off her head and cramming a wool cap over her damp hair, she grabbed keys, locking the door as we left. She was upset. We never lock doors here, I thought. The path that would take us to the shack was easily accessed from behind our house. It led along the beach. It was quiet, a fog gently rolling off the surf as it did almost every day in late afternoon. Dog walkers dotted the line along the surf. A few minutes into our walk, I picked up the odor of charred wood. Mom said nothing, and I was glad. My brain churned, trying to make sense of all the unanswered questions. Was it an accident? I didn't think so. If it wasn't, who did it? Was it related to the stolen money? How was I going to protect the ruined clubhouse until tomorrow, especially since we had school? The smell got so strong that I looked up, expecting to see the smoldering ruins. A figure was appearing and disappearing among the burned timbers that remained upright. I ran toward the site and yelled at the top of my lungs, Hey, stop! Who are you? A figure came out of the ruins, and as I got close enough, I saw who it was. It was Sebastian Sibby Fintail, one of the local Fredites who lived off the land and the sea. He inhabited one of the other shacks used by beaches, as we called them, folks like him. He was a character, really eccentric, but a good guy. He knew about the buccaneers, having admitted to listening in on our meetings. Sibby, find anything interesting? Not yet, Spra, er, Lily, he said, quickly deciding not to use my code name in case Mom was not in on our little organization. I am sorry that you lost your clubhouse. Did you see anything? Do you know how this happened? I asked, hoping he had. The Beaches were the best observers around. They were always out and about and saw everything. Sibby was probably 40 to 45, but looked older. He was so weather-beaten. Since he didn't serve in the war, I knew he was older than my dad, but not an old man. He was wearing his yellow foul weather pants held up by suspenders over a black and red plaid shirt. Dark green sea boots complemented his nautical ensemble. His hair was sandy brown, with gray and white sprinkled all over. His blue eyes peered out from pockets of reddened, wrinkled flesh. His face was always bright red from the wind and sun. As burly as he appeared, he was always neat and clean-shaven, showing a deeply dimpled chin. That clean shave reminded me of my dad, smooth but with a hint of a coming new beard. I tried to remember that face. I had to look at some photos we had of him to really remember. I sure wish he were here now. He'd have something to add, a suggestion, a plan, a shoulder to lean on. I looked over at mom. I knew she must be thinking the same thing. 
Sibby was looking at Mom, too. I couldn't read that look. Well, lass, I've been looking. I found this. He opened a waxed paper sandwich wrapper and showed me four cigarette butts. Camels. Any of your clan smokers? Not that I know of. I reached for them, but he closed the paper wrapper and the package disappeared into his pocket before I could protest. I'll be holding on to these, he said. But... Not these butts and no other butts, lassie. I think something is real off here, and I'm stronger than you. He had a point, but I wish he would lay off the lassie bit. I keep thinking of the dog, not Scottish girls. Arf! Played in my mind's ear.